0: A heart of appreciation and worship a heart of appreciation and worship every sacrifice begins as an act of appreciation an act of worship without worship your sacrifice is meaningless And worship is not just a song Some of us equate worship with that song that you sing and you close your eyes And you say that is worship Worship is a state of heart It is a certain posturing That is why your posture is important in your sacrifice So the Bible describes a dinner setting in Bethany with, with Jesus as the special guest of Anna. And this woman's act, her performance, what she did was not in the order of service. The program that was drawn for the day did not include what the woman did. She was not in the plan. But her premeditated Act of worship totally changed the atmosphere. A sacrifice is premeditated, it's not accidental. You you take your time, you think about it, and then you do it. In the book of Mark, her, her name was not mentioned, but Luke describes her as a sinner. And then in the book of John she's described as Mary the sister of Lazarus. that's in John 11 verse two Bible describes as Mary the same Mary whose brother Lazarus, Jesus raised from the dead. So one account does not mention the name. one account says, sinner one account says Mary whose brother was raised from the dead it doesn't matter which account you travel with one thing is certain this woman had experienced the mercy of God and was there to worship whether it was her brother who died and was raised from the dead or was a sinner God has shown mercy to and she had come to Jesus Bible says in Luke that she just kept weeping and washing his feet with her tears and wiping them with her hair and kissing his feet and anointing them with fragrant oil just for context In the time of Jesus, as it is today, the woman's hair is her glory. Whichever type of hair is on the head. And whichever nationality it emanates from, the hair is the glory. Ladies, are you there? So wiping his feet with her hair was a statement of honor she was publicly saying to everyone watching that I lay everything I have at his feet. Before the Lord, I am not a CEO. Before the Lord, I am not a parliamentarian. Before the Lord, I am not a manager, an MP, a minister, or even a sinner at his feet i am just someone who loves the lord if you don't understand i have no problem with you but i love the lord he heard my cry and pitied every groan therefore as long as i live there is something that only you understand if nobody understands it's not their fault that they don't understand you say here i am to worship here i am To bow down. Here I am to say that you are my God. Altogether lovely. Altogether worthy. Altogether wonderful to me. It is personal. Altogether wonderful to me. When you enter that place, it's between you and your God. Somebody else just happens to be around. But listen, it's not about them. It's about you and your God. And while you are just worshiping and enjoying the presence of the Lord, others are looking at you and saying, Ish, hey. ah, I didn't even know that she was a Christian. <laughs> Me, I, I see them on TV and in public places. I, I didn't even know, oh, is, is that not the person who does that show? Ah, eh. They are measuring you and wondering, Do you too know God? If people see her on the live streaming, they'll be shocked though that she even comes to church or he comes to church. Meanwhile, as they are measuring you, you are singing, I love you, Lord. For your mercy never failed me. All my days have been kept in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, Until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, You have been faithful. All my life, You have been so,
1: so good. With every breath that I am. I will sing of the goodness
0: of God. So God. Stay with me here. Listen, the person who does not know your story cannot appreciate your praise. They don't know those nights when there was nobody there and you cried and cried and said, Oh Lord, if you will bring me out of this, I will magnify you. And the people are saying, if Jesus knew this woman, he would not even touch her with a long pole. But thank God that God is not a man to judge as a man judges. The Lord came for those of us who are imperfect. And Jesus knew immediately what Simon was thinking in the book of Luke and said Simon let me ask you a question can i tell you a story two people owed a man plenty money a certain bank on high street and the bank forgave them the money one owed 500 the other person owed 50 let me ask you simon who would love the bank more and simon said of course the one who owed 500 here is the lesson. If you know what God has forgiven you and what God has done for you, you don't need any encouragement to magnify the name of the Lord. You don't need someone to spark you to worship him, to spark you to sacrifice. The one who has been forgiven much loves much. So when you sing, I love you, Lord, it's not a song. It's an expression of something on the earth inside working on the outside if there is someone who loves the Lord in this place don't wait for somebody's permission wave your right hand and say I love you Lord I love you seven times you have been merciful you have been gracious to me the people who find it easiest to sacrifice are the people who have been forgiven much who are conscious and appreciative of what God has done for them. There are people who can justify where they are in life. Brilliant people. They were born great, born wise, born strong, first in class. Everything about them is perfect. People like that would not understand worship will not understand sacrifice but if you are like me and you know you were disqualified but God had mercy and lifted you up the sacrifice is natural the worship comes from within because you know if it had not been for the Lord on my side where would I be where would I be Here I am to worship,
1: here I am to bow down, here I am to say, come. Together.
0: Please be seated. We'll try and preach. The second is an uncommon priceless gift. An uncommon priceless gift. Mark says in verse 14, verse 3 that the woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. John must have been a lover of perfumes because he took his time to describe it. In John 12, verse 3, he says, Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. You know, if two people go to watch a car show, If they come back and one is like me, they'll say, oh, the the place was nice. The cars were very nice. That's it. But if the person is like somebody I know, whose name I wouldn't mention on a Sunday, they will tell you the make of the car, the engine capacity. And I'm looking, I'm like, how do you know all this? I'm sure John would like perfume, so he described the thing in great detail. Biblical scholars say this alabaster box was passed on from generation to generation. So a mother would literally use it small and then pass it on to their daughter who would also hold it was a generational asset. Just think of somebody's dowry, something very priceless, something that you hold and it reminds you of tradition. If you don't live in Jesus' time, but you are a bit older, our grandmothers used to have some perfume that is as close as possible to the alabaster box. It was always there. And when they, on special occasions, bring it out, they don't pour. If you don't know, you don't know. But if you know, you know. They will do their finger, this particular finger like this then they would put that, the tip and the, the bottle always had a very small a nozzle tip and they would put the thing there like this then they would turn it like this and turn it back and then they would put one on the left ear one on the is, is it familiar uh-huh you had a grandmother that was the costly oil of spike nad you small bee, then you pack it When you want to sacrifice to God, you take something of value that you would rather have preferred to keep. The third thing you see that is even more shocking is that she broke the flask. Having described the value of the jar or the bottle of the flask, Breaking it now means even more. Breaking is simply telling the Lord two things. One, there is no measure. When you break something, you know there will be none left when you finish. So what the woman was telling the Lord is that I give it all unreservedly. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you, withholding nothing. Let's do it.
1: I surrender all to you. Everything.
0: And she says what with the saying is Lord if I'm giving something to you I won't give it to you when it's convenient if I say I I'll usher for you or sing for you in the choir there will be times when it is greatly inconvenient but withholding nothing I will do it for you on the day that it is it's easy it's not a sacrifice it is that day that you would rather be elsewhere and you are coming through the traffic on Wednesday, or you are waking up on Sunday earlier than you rather would, just to be here on time, that is when it becomes a sacrifice. You say, Lord, I give to you withholding nothing. Not only when it's convenient, but at all times. The second thing that breaking the jar connotes is willingness. Nobody sent me. Nobody coerced me. Nobody threatened me. I give this willingly without grumbling. If you do something for me or for the church or because somebody encouraged you, if that person does not appreciate, you can get offended and say, I will not do it again. But when you do it because you love the Lord, even if no one sees it, your heart is glad. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, the Bible says, So let each one give as he or she purposes in their heart not gradually or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver so I have a question for New Wine Temple today and all those watching us online across the world does God bless Every sacrifice and before you rush to answer let me tell you a real life story can I tell you a story do you like stories okay several years ago while I was teaching on a willing sacrifice a woman told me a very fascinating story and asked me a question and even at that time I couldn't answer the question and today more than 10 years later I still can't answer the question so I'm throwing the question to the wise people of the new wine temple to answer that question for me and I'm very confident that today finally I will get the answer to that question are you ready are you ready all right so this woman's business was struggling somebody says struggling And going down. Somebody says going down. And she prayed over and over to God to intervene. One day in her desperation, she said to God, Father, if you will come through for me, every income that comes in CDs is mine. Every income that comes in local currency is for me. Every income that comes in foreign currency it is for you at the time she made that declaration literally all her income was in cities after that vow the business surprisingly turned around and incomes began to grow mainly in cities and periodically in forex And as the business continued to do well, every time the woman would faithfully carry the forex and give it to God as she had promised and she was very happy until one day, somebody say one day, until one day when the forex came flooding in, in an unusual way, it was big. But interestingly, this woman was very determined to keep her promise. So she took the envelope with the forex and took it to God. However, as she was going, she kept saying, Oh, but how how can God do this? So see, looking at me to collect the thing just like this. (laughs) She grumbled and grumbled and grumbled. But guess what? She went to church. And she give the forex to God so the woman asked me a question so this offering will God bless it or he won't bless it finally I've brought the question to new one please will God bless the woman or not how many think God will still bless the woman's sacrifice okay I've seen the votes I'll tell you the number afterwards how many think God will not bless the woman Oh, you know what the number of voters in the room is 20% of the audience only 20% of the audience voted and out of the 20% 15% said that God will bless the woman and 5% said God will not bless the woman you know why because you are looking at yourself and how many times you have done things for God that you yourself were grumbling. if you say god will not bless a woman then all the things you have done for god that you grumbled to god will not bless you do i have the answer after 10 years so what is the answer pardon me god will still bless her (laughs) put your hands together for yourselves i'm still searching and i hope today i have some more clarity But the big lesson for all of us is that when you do something for somebody out of love, you don't grumble. It will cost you, but you do it with joy because the person is special. You can't give somebody dowry or give the person a gift and grumble. In fact, the joy in giving a big gift to a special person is in the bigness of the gift. Number four, commentators, calculators, and critics. There are three champions in the story, very powerful people. The moment the woman did the sacrifice, three champions emerged strong, interconnected, powerful people the commentators, the calculators, and the critics. And you must overcome all these three people on your way to an everlasting monument. Who are the commentators? They are the people who focus on the person making the sacrifice and how disqualified they are. Interestingly, Simon in the book of Mark was ostensibly a cured leper. Because if he was called Simon the leper, if he was still a leper, he could not have had a dinner. In Jewish society, the lepers stayed outside the wall and they were beneficiaries of the mercy of people who had eaten and were full and would throw the surplus over the wall. They were not allowed in the community. And even if they entered the community for a reason, they have to shout unclean, unclean unclean as they come so human contact is prohibited so if simon was a cured leper somebody who had benefited from god's mercy how do you then turn around and block the door to somebody else who is coming close to god are we not sometimes guilty of being the people God has shown so much kindness to and yet we are the ones that are so judgmental of other people. The, the leper who had been cured was blocking the gate for the woman who he saw as a sinner. In the other account, the Bible says the host was a Pharisee. That's day they, they were worse. They were the regulators, regulators of the time of Jesus, enforcers of the law, strict custodians. If you plant corn and you are giving your tithe or first fruits, they come and measure. There were twenty thousand grains of corn. You gave 1,999. You missed by one. Those are the Pharisees, powerful people. In today's 21st century church the Pharisee is somebody who looks at you and says who do you think you are look at how your skirt is not even straight nothing about you pleases them they disqualify you up front and they say ah pastor pa why is he talking to such people does he know them tell somebody messy tell somebody messy don't disqualify people from the house of the lord them that are well have no need for a doctor The reason why people come to church is imperfect people coming to a perfect God so that as they look into the image of Christ, they are transformed from glory to glory to glory by the Spirit of God. So if a drunkard comes to church, I will embrace them. If a drug addict comes to church, I will embrace them. This is the house of the Lord. If they can't come here, where can they go? Where? Oh, let them come. Tell somebody, let them come. Then there are the calculators, experts, they can measure the value of your sacrifice in seconds. The Bible said the the moment the oil broke, they said this one is a little above 300 denarii. Hey, (laughs) you know, a denarius was a laborer's salary for a day. In Matthew 20, verse 2, the Bible says that the the laborers were sent into the field that at the end of the day, we'll give you one denarius. So that is a day's salary. So once they said a little more than 300 days' salaries, almost a year's salary of the laborer. They say, madam, this thing you just did is somebody's one-year salary. The calculators, you can calculate. If you live with a calculating life, you can't do anything for the Lord. Somebody called me yesterday in the service right here. And said, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I said, What happened? He says, When the Lord spoke about a transgenerational sacrifice or covenant, something moved me because I'm trusting God for something very, very, very big. He says, I took my whole month's salary and threw it, I'm sure there was a little grumbling, and threw it into the box. And as I was doing it, I knew that. I was not sure how I would survive this month, but I did it. And he says, last Sunday, I did it. And this week, from nowhere, unexpectedly, somebody called me and gave me twice, twice the amount. (laughs) Even I was impressed. May somebody who has sacrificed for the Lord receive a double, a double, an unexpected double reward. Calculators think about the time used for God and say it could have been used for something else. They think about the service you give to God and say, ah, this thing that you are doing, this Wednesday you came to speak for free, you can charge money. Everything you do for God, they show you the alternative uses for it. Why are you doing this? Is the church for your father? Have you heard that before? They ask you, is the church for your father? What do you say? Yes. It's for my father who art in heaven. Yeah. Is the church for your father? Yes. yes. Calculators everything you do for God, somebody will tell you what else you could have done with it. The third is the critics. The critics are those who, seniors to the commentators and the calculators, they are the senior most. They get so offended. The Bible says some of them were indignant. The word indignant means openly angry. Feeling and looking visibly angry at an unfair treatment or injustice. When the woman broke the flask, some of the people who were there were openly angry. The kind of people who call you say, come, come, let me ask you. So this thing that you are doing, does not make sense to you? If you are not convinced about what you are doing in your work with God, when the critics come at you, you will back down. Interestingly, they were the people rather who were close. Disciples, people who should have been leading the effort, not doing it and questioning others who were doing it. Bible says they criticized them sharply. Sharply means it was not that nice. Why? Have you been brainwashed? Number five. Bible says Jesus. He saw the objection, both the ones that were spoken. And the ones that were not spoken. He saw it. And he said, Leave her alone. Tell somebody, leave me alone. Tell somebody, leave me alone. Jesus said, Leave her alone. You don't understand. You were not there. The night when Jesus found me. You did not feel what I felt when he rubbed his arms around me. What you did not see and did not feel, you can't appreciate. Jesus said, leave her alone. As for the poor, I encourage you to continue supporting them. But supporting the poor is not a reason To stop honoring God he said the poor you have with you always so show kindness to the poor but don't use the poor as a reason to stop honoring Christ and then he said what this woman has done has even more significance than you think in Jewish society in their mountainous dusty environment if somebody walks into your house the first thing you do is wash their feet because they've walked through the dust the desert dust and their feet are dusty so you wash their feet So what this woman was doing was fulfilling a Jewish tradition of washing the feet But what she had also done was to see a need no one else could see like the Shunammite woman and Jochebed Jesus was about to be crucified And it will be a day before the Sabbath In the evening So he will hurriedly be lifted Into a tomb Originally acquired by Joseph Joseph of Arimathea For his own purposes So it will be so much in a hurry That they can't even anoint the body And so they will come back on the third day with Vim Coming to now anoint the body And guess what? By the time they come, he would have resurrected. So to fulfill that tradition, this woman says, knowing that when you die, your body will not be anointed, I am going ahead to do it now. I'm not sure the woman understood all the spiritual significance of it. But sometimes when you allow God to use to do something, it fulfills a purpose far bigger than you. It meets a need that you yourself don't even see and allows the glory of God to be seen. It was on the strength of that that Jesus said, from now onwards, wherever this gospel is preached, what this woman has done will be remembered. She has invested into the kingdom in a way no one else could. Several years ago, I was walking with my mother through the 37th military hospital, going to visit a relation who was on admission. And my mother got to a certain word, Ismon word. Then she stopped, held her hat, and said, oh, Ismon." And then I turned and said, was he your friend? I thought he was my mother's special friend. The way she held her hat and said, oh, Ismon," And I said, who was Ismon?" And she said, she was a heart surgeon and a philanthropist. And he saved many lives during his tenure as a medical professional. And even after he's gone, I still remember his kindness. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but may something that you do to honor the Lord and to touch humanity Be written as an eternal memorial. And whenever your name is mentioned, may somebody hold their heart and say, Oh, Pamina, oh, Akusia, oh, Joseph, oh, Felicia. May somebody hold their heart and give thanks to the Lord. May the Lord bless his word. May the Lord strengthen his people. And may the spirit of sacrifice be a common thread in your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.